Spurkin by faith, just like on Noah. Noah represents faith working. Then we looked at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or the patriarchs, and we said that they represent to the believer faith waiting. And I told you, you know, that's, that's probably my hardest thing to do, is to wait on the Lord. I know what God has promised. I know what God has made clear to me in his word and his truth, but it's hard for me to wait for God to do what he's promised or to answer the prayer that I pray. But Abraham did. Isaac did. Jacob did. The 12 tribes of the nation of Israel, they waited upon the promise of a Savior. And listen, we must learn to wait upon the Lord. Brother, if you will, please put for me Isaiah 40 and verse number 31 up on the screen this evening. It's a great verse that I hope will be a blessing to you as it's been a blessing to me. Isaiah 40, 31, the Bible makes it clear here that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Listen, if we want the strength that God can give, if we want to uh, soar like eagles instead of peck around on the ground like chickens, then we must learn to wait on the Lord. Um, if we want strength so that we can walk and not grow weary and so that we can run and, and, and not faint, then we must learn to wait upon the Lord. Trusting in Him to do what He wants, when He wants, how He wants, because His will is always the best way. If you believe it, say amen this evening. So the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the nation of Israel, they waited on the promise of God, and we must learn to do the same. Then last week, if you remember, we talked about Moses, and we said that Moses represents faith warring. Moses was in a battle from the time God called him at the burning bush. He had to battle Pharaoh for the independence of the nation of Israel. He had to battle the Amalekites as he went through the wilderness. He had to battle grumbling people and, uh, and, and uh, no water to drink and no food to eat. He had to battle some hard times and some hard people as he did what God had called him to do. But he still went on and accomplished God's will for his life by faith. Moses represents faith warring. Tonight we're going to talk about Joshua and Rahab and Gideon and a lot of other people. And we're going to talk about faith winning. How many know faith always wins? Faith always wins. I'm not saying that you're not going to go through tough times. I'm not saying you're not going to experience problems. I'm not saying you're, going to, you're not going to have to face some battles because we know that's going to happen day by day in the world that we live in. But I am saying those who walk by faith always win. Always win. Let's look down. Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned in flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain <laughs> well, a better 
resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And, all, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, listen to me now, received not the promise. They were looking for the promise of the Savior, and they kept walking by faith as they waited on the Lord. They weren't delivered. They went through all these bad things that he just mentioned, yet they kept the faith, having not received the promise. Look at this next verse. It's so good. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. You know what he's saying? He's saying they walked by faith, waiting on the Lord, even though they did not see the coming Messiah. We have saw the coming of the Messiah. We have trusted in him. We have been made a part of his kingdom. And if they walk by faith, not having received the promise, shouldn't we walk by faith so much more having received it? Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you've done. Thank you for the truth of your word. Lord, I'm asking tonight that you would fill me up, pour me out, and use me for your honor and your glory. Show us the importance of faith. We cannot please you without faith. Faith is not incidental, but fundamental to every Christ follower. Lord, increase our faith this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Faith winning. Let's talk about Joshua. The Bible speaks of Joshua back there, not by name, but by what happened in, in, in the life of Joshua and, in the nation of Israel, and with the nation of Israel in, in verse number 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. Now, Jericho was the first city that Joshua and the people of Israel came to when they entered into the promised land. You'll remember that Joshua uh, was the one who took the place of Moses. Moses delivered through the power of God and through um, the, the, the mercy of God. Moses led the people of Israel from Egypt, brought them out of bondage and through the wilderness. But then because Moses sinned against the Lord in anger, he didn't get to carry the people in. And God chose Joshua to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land. Now, he did conquer Jericho. It was Joshua that marched the armies of uh, of the, the people of God around the walls of Jericho and when they fell down. But, but let's back up just a little bit and talk about what happened before they got to Jericho, when they actually entered into uh, the promised land. And you'll find this story in Joshua chapter number one. If you remember, Joshua and the people of Israel came to the banks of the River Jordan. And the River Jordan was actually the boundary between what was called the wilderness where they had been wandering for 40 years and the promised land that God was bringing them to. They had to cross the River Jordan to get into the promised land God had gave to them. God had promised them. Now the problem was, at that time the Bible says in Joshua chapter number 1 that the Jordan River had overflowed its banks. It was at flood stage. And the people, being about three million at this time, were not able to cross over um, in a river that was flooded. And so Joshua prayed about it, and the Lord um, came and spoke to Joshua and told him what he should do. He said, Joshua, what you need to do is take the Ark of the Covenant, and you take that out in front of the people, and then when the people see the Ark pass by, 
then they need to follow it. Amen? They need to follow it. Which represents, the Ark of the Covenant represents the presence and the power of God among His people. And really what God is saying, as I lead, you follow. When you see the Ark pass by and you follow it, you know you're going the right way. Now let me encourage you, Mount Zion Baptist Church. We know we'll always be going the right way as long as we follow the leadership of God the Holy Spirit. As long as we allow God to lead. As long as we pray and seek the Lord and ask for his leadership and his guidance, he's ready, willing, and able to give it. And when we get clear direction for what God wants, let's follow. Can you say amen? But we must follow by faith. It takes faith to do this. It took faith for Joshua to tell the people, and it took faith for the people to believe the word of Joshua that came from the Lord. It takes faith for us to be pleasing to God. Guess what happened? They did exactly what Joshua said because Joshua had gotten his directions from God and God Almighty. And they followed the Ark of the Covenant. And then the Bible says, when the priests who were carrying the Ark stuck their toe in the River Jordan, that the waters stacked up on a heap. I love this. <laughs> you know our God is the only one who can stack up water. I mean, if you don't believe me, I want you to go home tonight, put the stopper in your sink, fill it up, and then try to stack it up on both sides. I can't do that. You can't do that. God can do that. What is impossible with man is not impossible with God. Isn't that what the angel told Mary? We serve, we know, and listen to me now, we're a part of the family of the God of the impossible that can do all things. Never forget that. But it takes faith for us to believe him. Do you see how faith is fundamental for the cross follower? It's not something that is, uh, again, just incidental, but fundamental. It's foundational for our Christian walk in life. It took faith for them to do that. But guess what happened? They believed God, and God did the work he promised, stacked the water up on a heap, and they walked across on dry ground through the midst of the Jordan River. Now, does that remind you of anything? That kind of reminds me of what happened when Moses let them out. God split the Red Sea when Moses led them out of Egypt, and then he split the Jordan River when Joshua led them into the Promised Land. Now, what does this mean for us? God sometimes can, or not always can, but sometimes will use different men to do his work. But he always uses the same method. Now, what is the method? Well, faith is always rewarded. Unbelief is always judged. Regardless of the man, by faith, they can do what God has called them to do. But it takes faith to please the Lord. If you believe it, say amen this evening. He used Joshua just like he used Moses. It wasn't about Moses' ability. It wasn't about Joshua's ability. Even though both of them were very capable men, it was about the faith they had and the God they served. And the same is true for us. He uses different men, but he uses them the same way 
and it's by faith. We must believe God and then put action behind what we say we believe. Act like God is telling the truth and do what He says. Walking by faith is being obedient to the word and will of God Almighty. That's what Joshua did. And he led the nation of Israel in by faith. He conquered the city of Jericho by faith. Let's move on. Not only does the Bible speak of Joshua, but it then speaks of Rahab. The Bible says in verse number 31, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Now we know Rahab, the Bible says she was a harlot, which means she was a prostitute in the city of Jericho. When Joshua sent the two spies into Jericho to see what, would it, take, what it would take to conquer the city, uh, those two spies met the, the, the harlot Rahab, and, and then guess what happened? The Bible says she believed in the God of the spies. It's amazing. The truth is, Rahab was first of all saved by grace. Can you say amen? <laughs> Anybody that gets saved is saved by grace. God's undeserved favor toward us. You say, brother, what do you mean Rahab was saved by grace? Well, everybody in that city was marked for death. But Rahab and her family was saved. Rahab was a pagan just like everybody else, worshiping false God. Rahab was a sinner just like everybody else. For goodness sake, she was a prostitute. But Rahab believed God, placed faith in him, and God counted it for righteousness. She was saved by grace, but she was also saved by faith. Let's look down, and, or brother, if you will, please, put Joshua chapter 2, verses 8 through 14 on the screen for just a minute. And let's look at the faith of Rahab. Let's look at what she says. Joshua 2, verse number 8. And before they laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. Meaning the spies there that she was hiding. She comes up to them and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Verse 10. For we have heard of how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites. Those are the armies that came against the nation of Israel as they were in the wilderness that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. Verse 11. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. Watch this now. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven. Isn't that good? What is she doing? She's testifying to her faith in who God is. She's believing who God is and she's trusting in what God has said. These spies come saying, you know what? We're about to come in and take the land. She hears what they say because, listen, they were directed by Joshua. And listen to me now. First of all, by the Lord. That was God's word coming through them to her. She believed who God was, and she believed what God said. Folks, that's faith. That's faith. She was saved by grace, but she was saved by faith. Everybody else perished, but she was saved from destruction. How did it happen? By grace, through faith. Do you see the picture? Let's go on. 
He says, because of you, for the Lord your God, he is the God in heaven above all and in earth beneath. Let's go to the verse 12. Now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. And, they, and, and that you will save alive my father, my mother, my brethren, and my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. Look at verse 14. Watch this so good. And the men answer her, Our life for yours, if ye utter not this our business. And it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Now listen. Rahab was saved by grace. Rahab was saved through faith. But she was also saved unto good works. What was the good works? She believed God and hid the spies. She believed God and hung the ribbon in her window to signal the time when they would enter the city. She believed God so much and trusted in who God was and what God said, she went on to lead her family to true faith. We see evidence of that throughout the rest of Joshua. Rahab was saved by grace through faith unto good works just like we are saved by grace through faith unto good works if you believe it say amen <laughs> now watch this what's so good guess what happens to Rahab just what the spies promised took place they protected her and her family after she became a part of the nation of Israel by faith the people of God, by faith, after that happened, she married a man named Salmon. He was a devout man of faith. She then gave birth to a man by the name of Boaz. Boaz is an ancestor of a man named David. Amen. Now, do you know who else came from the house and the lineage of David? Jesus. Go to Matthew chapter number 1, brother, and let me read for us something. Verses 4 through 6. Matthew chapter 1. Starting in verse number 4. And Aram begat Abinadab. And Abinadab begat Nason. And Nason begat Salmon. There's the, the husband of Rahab. And Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. Now you remember Jesse. He's the father of who? King David. And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon. Now, I'm not going to go through all of these because if you're like me, when I start reading through the lineages of the Bible, sometimes my eyes get a little glazy, you know. But it is important that it's here because it shows us how good God is and what happens by faith. It's amazing. Go on down to verse number 16. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. You mean to tell me that a pagan prostitute from Jericho is in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world? Do you see it? Do you see how good God is? Let me tell you what Rahab teaches us. Rahab teaches us no matter where you came from, or what you did in your past. When you place faith in God and what God says, He has a plan for your future. Over the years, I've spoken to people about coming to faith in Jesus and they always want to give me 
a lot of excuses. You may have heard some yourself. I just don't know enough about the Bible yet. Let me, let me um, gain a little more understanding than, than maybe I'll make the decision to trust in the Lord. Well, Rahab didn't know much either. But what she did know, she acted on. Amen? Do you know it don't take a whole lot of faith to get saved? It doesn't. Now, after we are saved, our faith certainly grows. All God wants is you to act on what you do know. What he has revealed. It was revealed to Rahab that God was about to take Jericho. She believed in who God was because what God had did and she trusted in what God said. And that is saving faith. You don't have to know it all. Guess what? You're never going to know it all. Matter of fact, the more I learn, the more I study, the, the more I find out I don't know. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Because I come to the end of myself very quickly. I come to the end of my logical mind very quickly. God is so much bigger than me, I'm never going to figure him out. Now, that doesn't mean we put our mind in a drawer and never think. That just means God is infinitely bigger than us. And guess what? I'm okay with that. If I have a God that I can figure out and answer all the questions about, then that God is no bigger than me. I can't figure everything out. I can't reason everything out. That's why it takes faith. You don't have to know it all. Act on what you do know. People say, I got to learn a little more before I trust in Jesus. And then I heard people say something like this. I'm too bad for God to save me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. Listen. Rahab had a past. She was a prostitute in a pagan city called Jericho. Regardless of her past, when she placed faith in the Lord, he gave her a brand new future. So much so, she's in the lineage of King Jesus. Now, if God can do those things for Rahab, can he do it for us? Won't he do it for us? But brothers and sisters, it takes faith. It takes faith. Let's move on. The Bible then speaks in Hebrews chapter number 11 about a man by the name of Gideon. I love Gideon. He's one of my absolute favorite characters in all the Word of God. You'll find the story of Gideon in the book of Judges, chapter number 6 and chapter number 7. Gideon was an unlikely hero, like many of these are. Gideon says himself, Judges chapter 6, brother, if you will, please put this on the screen for me. Judges chapter 6 and verse number 11 through verse number 15. Look what happens with Gideon. I love it. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under the oak, which was in Oprah, there, and that pertained unto Joash, 
the Abizarite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, Lord, the Lord is with thee, thy mighty man of valor. Verse 13. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, then why is this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told of us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy, thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? Look at verse 15. And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. Now watch what he says. And I am the least in my father's house. Let me tell you what, what Gideon is saying. God shows up. The angel of the Lord shows up. Who I believe to be the pre-incarnate Christ. He speaks to Gideon and he says, you're a mighty man of valor. You're about to save your people from this invading army. And Gideon's like, you mean me? I am poor as a rat snake, come from one of the poorest families in all the land. And when it comes to my house, I'm the least in my house. What he's saying is, I'm a nobody. I can't do what you're asking me to do. Walking by faith is about believing what God says about you instead of what you say about you. Amen? Walking by faith is about believing what God says about you and not what you say about you. Walking by faith is believing what God says about you and not what others say about you. That's walking by faith. And, 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 and I love verse 14. The angel of the Lord said, Have I not sent you? Did I not just tell you what, what's about to happen? You know what? God has told us over and over and over and over and over and over and over again who he is and who we are in Christ. And so many times we keep believing what we think about us, what somebody else says about us, what somebody else has said to us, and it keeps us down when God wants to raise us up. That's what happens. That's what happened with Gideon. Now Gideon, if you know the story, God used him in a pretty miraculous way to defeat the army of the Midianites. It's amazing. Go on and read it for yourself. You'll find it as you read on through Judges 6 and 7. What does Gideon show us? No matter how small and insignificant you feel, God can and will use you greatly if you place faith in him and his promises. So does anybody in here this evening who feels small and insignificant like you can't do it? Good news. You're right. You can't. But I'll tell you this. With God's help, you can. If you'll lead when God, if you'll follow when God leads, you can. If you'll walk by faith, you can. You can with God's help. Dr. Warren Wiersbe says, Faith can operate on and in the life of anyone who will dare listen to God's word and surrender to God's will. But that's what it takes. Listening to what he says. Surrendering to what he's told you to do. Acting like God's telling the truth. And walking by faith. Let's go on. 
Hebrews 11, 32. And what shall I more say? For the time should fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak. You'll find the story of Barak in Judges 4 and Judges chapter 5. Barak had a problem with doubt. Barak needed reassurance of what God had promised and who God was, just like we sometimes need it. Then he talks of Samson. So if you, we all know the story of Samson. You'll find that story in Judges 13 through Judges 16. If there's one thing that um, encourages me about the story of Samson, you don't have to be a perfect person for God to use you as long as you trust by faith. Samson had some problems. Samson many times gave over to the appetites of the flesh. It cost him greatly. It cost him his family, cost him his health, and finally cost him his life. But God still saw fit to use Samson because Samson had faith. You don't have to be a perfect man or a perfect woman for God to use you. If that were the qualifications, then none of us could be used. I certainly couldn't preach to you tonight or preach to you Sunday. We all need grace. We all need mercy. Each and every day. The good news is the same grace and mercy that saved us keeps us. Then he talks of Jephthah. You'll find the story of Jephthah in Judges 11 through Judges 12. Then he says David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. We know who that was, don't we? That's Brother Daniel. <laughs> Great man of faith. They quenched violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness, were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting the livers, but they might obtain a better resurrection. Now what that means is they were tortured because they were doing what God had called them to do and sharing the truth God had share, told them to share. They were walking by faith, and they were told, if you'll shut up, you won't have to go through this. But... They didn't accept deliverance because they had faith in knowing that's what God wanted. It's kind of like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you remember them? Dr. Tony Evans says that Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. <laughs> All three of them are pretty bad, I'm telling you. I love these guys. Fantastic. They stand up to Nebuchadnezzar the most powerful man in the world at the time. And they said, King, we're not going to bow to your statue because the only one we bow to is the God in heaven. Amen? And you know what they said? And we know God is able to deliver us from your burning, fiery furnace. Nevertheless, if he don't deliver us, we still ain't going to bow. It's one thing to stand your ground when you know you're going to be delivered. It's another thing to stand your ground when you're about to get thrown in the furnace. I love the fact that the outcome did not dictate how they trusted Jesus. Just like these others, they didn't accept deliverance even though they went through these horrible things. That's faith. That's faith. Verse 36. 
I'm sorry, did I skip for 35, brother? Yeah, I did, I'm sorry. When received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better re resurrection, verse 36. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourging, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment, and were stoned. Some were sawn asunder and were tempted with that. We know who that's speaking of. That's speaking of Isaiah. Isaiah was actually sawn in two pieces and put in a hollow tree, who some call, many call, the prince of prophets. They were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. And the world was not worthy. Do you see what God says there? Evidently, they wouldn't end man's hall of fame. Let me tell you why. They were tortured, tormented, sawn in half, afflicted. All those things that were mentioned, they were not in man's hall of fame. Man had no respect for them. Matter of fact, men who were against God and his truth, the world system that we're a part of today, they hated them so much they killed them. That's okay. Because the Bible says, God says, the world was not worthy of them. It's okay if you don't make the hall of, hall of fame in man's world. But I want to tell you something. I certainly want to make the hall of faith as far as God sees it. Amen? That's what counts. Why? Look at verse 39. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, verse 40, and having provided some better thing for us, some better thing for us. Why did God give us? Why did God see fit to have me born when I was born? All of them were waiting on the Savior in faith. I have received the Savior who came by faith. And now I have a better covenant based upon better promises. Praise God for that. That they without us should not be made perfect. Do you remember I told you a minute ago that faith always wins? All of those people who went through all of those terrible things that were just described, they are now with King Jesus. They still win. I wish I could tell you tonight that if you had enough faith, man, and you get sick, that as long as you have enough faith, God's going to heal you. Guess what? God can heal you. I've seen God heal people. I've prayed for people for God to heal them and seen God miraculously Heal that person. I told you the story about my great aunt. She was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer. It's been uh, 17 years ago now. The doctors at the time gave her four months to live. It was bad. And, you know, we, we um, asked, enlisted the army of God that if you're a believer you're a part of to pray on her behalf. And for 17 years... Up until about the last three, um, she was in remission. God miraculously added years to her life. I believe that with everything in me. So I've seen God heal. I, I know God can do that. We read accounts of Jesus, who has not changed, healing people in the Scriptures. But now listen, I have prayed for people and they got better. 
But I've also prayed for people and they got worse. I've prayed for people who died, who had as strong a faith as anybody I've ever seen in my life. I told you a story two weeks ago about uh, Brother Eddie Gunner. Strong man of faith. Loved Jesus with all his heart. And we prayed for years for his healing. He battled cancer about three years. Prayed that God would heal him. Trusted that God would heal him. So did he. And if anybody had faith, I know that man had faith. God didn't heal him this side of heaven. Guess what though? The people of faith still win. Because now, he is made perfect in the presence of Jesus. Just like all those were. Just like one day we will be. Sometimes we get confused about what's more important, the temporal or the eternal. Let me tell you why. Because we live in the temporal. Now, we have eternal life. And we know the God of eternity, but we are still living in the temporal. We're living in the nasty now and now. Amen. <laughs> Where we all deal with stuff. Where loved ones die and people get sick and bad things happen, even to people of faith. And sometimes we want to hold on to this world with everything we've got. When the truth is, God has promised much better things for those who love him. You may have prayed for somebody and they didn't get better. They got worse. You may have prayed for someone who was strong people of faith who lost their battle, whatever it was. Let me tell you something. What God didn't heal on this side of eternity, he did heal on the other side. And they are perfected. Rest in that. Trust in that, people of faith. Any comments or questions? Prayer requests.